Hey there, world. This is your host, Alexis, and you're listening to the Full and Complete Podcast, where the gifts of the body come together to edify the body. Until we are all one in Christ, I hope you guys have had an amazing week. Um, I hope you guys have stayed safe. I don't know about you guys, but I live in the Southeast, and, you know, that little cute ice storm that came was, um, she was looking kind of disrespectful. It was another cold I have not experienced since living up north. I didn't. I didn't appreciate that, but I hope you guys are safe, have been safe. Um, (laughs) Y'all, we have a podcast episode for you on today. It's kind of unexpected, but we're going to talk about church announcements first. So um, church announcements are as followed for the full and complete podcast. Next podcast episode, we will be having one of my dearest friends on. I mean, I've she has probably known me since high school and she is like a joy to talk to because she she loves getting into all the like deep stuff which i love i love it i love it when we can have deep conversations but (laughs) all the deep theological stuff she is right on that right on that spectrum with me um i cannot wait to have her on y'all be on the lookout for that um they'll probably get like a notice like next week saying that she's on that she'll be on you know make sure to look out for that cannot wait um anyhow besides our special guests for next week um i want to say that's it we're definitely still working on um merch and all that stuff we're hoping to have that all available by march at the latest february would be nice but you know we take everything one step at a time here and we're not going to be rushed <laughs> so yes guys that is your church announcements for today for this podcast episode let's get into the meat of the episode on today you guys sunday's little ice storm and all of her disrespect give me did give me there we go a chance to sit down and watch a movie I have been wanting to watch since it has flooded my Instagram feeds. Um, I, I listened to the soundtrack before I actually listened to the movie and uh, the soundtrack. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn, Miranda, Lynn, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Lynn Manuel. you guys know who I'm talking about. He wrote Hamilton. I'm sorry. I, I just, I suck with names, um, which advance advance apologies just go ahead and get it out the way um i'm gonna butcher a lot of these names most likely i'm gonna try really hard not to y'all but i got a point to prove and so i'm gonna i'm gonna probably mispronounce them but bear with me anywho um the movie i'm talking about in particular is the movie encanto it is on disney plus if you have not watched it i think it's been out for like a month or so maybe a little longer um so here is your heads up if you have not watched the movie if you want to watch the movie um turn me off i'm going to spoil it (laughs) don't do not listen to me turn me off come back at another time thank you what you won't do it's be like Alexis spoiled the movie for me, and so now I can't watch it. No, turn it off. The movie's like an hour and thirty minutes long. Go watch the movie. I'll see you in an hour and thirty minutes. You can listen to the rest of the podcast then, if you are interested in watching it. But if you're not, you don't mind spoilers, or you've already seen the movie and so you're like interested too. Come along for the ride. So, guys, we're gonna talk about the movie in Canto. We're gonna talk about it because in my watching it. <laughs> First of all, can I just say how disrespectful that movie was to my heart? I did not need to cry like a child. I cried like a newborn babe. I did not like it. Um, I mean, I love the movie, but I just hate that I cried so much. <laughs> I cried like someone exposed my trauma. Like what? <laughs> Anywho, um, the movie, I'm just, I'm not over the fact that it made me cry like that, you guys. It was so, so bad. So many tears. Such a good movie. Anywho, the movie itself, as I was watching it and like trying to wipe my tears away, what I noticed is that there are a lot of things to discuss about this movie. And while it is in a familial setting, 
um in regards to dealing with like generational trauma and all that stuff all i could see was oh my gosh all of this sounds like church stuff <laughs> it all sounds like the things that we see in church leadership and how the structure of the church is at least now at least the churches that i've been in where i'm like oh um <laughs> this isn't healthy <laughs> this isn't healthy but this gives us a chance to talk about a few things and to address those things so we're gonna do that we're gonna tie in this lovely disney movie to some just some things in the church um this is not gonna be like well i can't say it's not gonna be a heavy podcast because you know i feel like any disney movie where there's not an actual villain but the villain is generational trauma it might be a little heavy but you know it's gonna be okay so if you um well, well i'm assuming you took you took my warning and so you left when i said i'm going to spoil this movie for you and if you haven't we're starting now this is your second warning okay so your final warning so the premise of this movie is that everyone in the family has a gift except the main character mirabelle mirabelle does not have a gift and she's kind of stuck being the odd one out in this family where literally i mean the gifts range from being able to tell the future being able to control the weather um being perfect and growing flowers that are like unimaginably pretty um being super strong being able to talk to animals um, being able to heal people with food like the gifts in this movie are wild and she's kind of stuck in the middle without a gift so right from the beginning i mean literally within like a minute or two of this movie starting we already are getting some context as to how important this gift is so the gift the miracle itself um being the candle and all the story that abuela tells um Miribel right before the gift ceremony starts <sighs> y'all my churchy brain immediately said god the importance that abuela is putting on Miribel about this gift ceremony and about receiving a gift and making her family proud and supporting her or strengthening her community and her home sounds like the pressure we put on people in the church to know their gifts and use their gifts to do the exact same thing like from the bat <laughs> it's always and I, I don't know it hasn't been like i don't know at least from what i've experienced it hasn't been something that's been like a thing that's happened for decades and centuries where we've put such a stressor on gifts but it seems as if lately over the last 10 20 years in the church maybe even 30 years we've put a, a immense amount of pressure on having a gift knowing what your gift is using your gift and to a degree that is good because your gift is here to edify the body i mean literally if you have not caught on to the scripture behind the name and um logan look logan oh my goodness <laughs> logo motto i don't know of this podcast it's ephesians 4 and 12 13 14 15 16 all the whole section um and so gifts are important i i think gifts are very important to the body of christ however i've seen almost an unhealthy obsession about having a gift and especially how having the flashy ones so um everybody wants to be a prophet Everybody wants to get to prophecy. Everybody wants to get to speaking in tongues. Everybody wants to be a part of the fivefold ministry. <laughs> Everyone wants the fancy, flashy gifts. And it is important, as of recently, to see our two others to our collective body in the church to push those gifts forward and i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with wanting to push the gifts and use them for good because you should it helps build the body that's the purpose of them however when we begin to like idolize them there's an issue but anywho you can immediately see within like the first few minutes as abuela is talking about this gift and this miracle 
how important it is to the family and to the community that Mirabel has a gift that strengthens her community and her family. And I don't, I mean, this is a lot of pressure for a child. <laughs> like your gift is gonna be super important. And so your gift better be right and it better be perfect. And yeah, make your family proud with your gifts. Not you, your gifts. Anywho. Um, yeah. So Abuelo's explaining the importance of the gift, but also I'm gonna like I know we're gonna talk about um like church leadership and all this stuff, but my the the, the psychology side of me, I the aspiring psychologist could not help but point out the little psychological things too. Um Abuela telling the story to Mirabel in the beginning was like this feels so strange and it felt strange because it was like you're obviously leaving out details but it's probably because you've had to tell the story so many times you don't want to relive it um that's that's the first sign of trauma in this movie by the way she tells that story and she just kind of like yeah this happened and that happened and now we have this gift yeah <laughs> yeah that trauma starts immediately but um all i could think about is during that first scene right before the movie title pops up is this child immediately has an immense amount of pressure to have a gift and to use it to make her family proud and that without this gift she's basically pointless and so then how many times have in our in our need to push gifts in the body made it so that we we stress this kind of thing probably not verbatim i don't i don't think i've ever heard anyone say if you don't have a gift or a use in the body you're pointless um now if you've heard that i am sorry because that's so rude but how many times have we subconsciously understand or understood that without a gift in the body without knowing our gifts without being able to function in a certain role without being able to get up and lead praise and worship without being able to prophesy without being able to speak in tongues without being able to preach or to do your usher duties without being able to do whatever it is that you do in the church that you are pointless like how many of us have had to like sit with this idea that i have to be of use in the body and if I'm not of use, I am basically taking up space here. As if you and your presence and your existence in the body of Christ, which innately comes with your ability to share the gospel, and that's a gift by itself, but like your existence isn't enough if you aren't able to be of use is a thought I've heard a lot of people say they've had in the church and that's that's dangerous but let's move on because this is just this is we're just in the beginning of this movie like we're like five minutes in anywho um yes so at the beginning right before the credits Mirabelle um has this gift ceremony and she she has the gift ceremony and comes to find out that she does not have a gift first of all so like i just said we have we we she has this immense amount of pressure to have a gift and that gift is supposed to make the family proud but now that she doesn't have the gift what is she doing here right so the, that scene ends they do the opening like title movie thing that they always do in the movies um and then they go right into a song the song it is a, about the marigal family everyone and their gifts they all get a moment to shine in it as mirabelle is singing about it and i love mirabelle and i personally i know there are theories about where and how she falls in regards to having a gift or not having a gift i personally think she has a gift and i'll tell you what the gift is later in the podcast but 
I personally think that she has a gift, but as she's singing this song, what I love to see is that she was pushing everybody else forward. She was like, oh, don't, don't worry about me, you know, look at Abuela and look at Peppa and look at um, Julieta and everybody else. Um, look at Luisa and Isabella. Don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me. Don't do it. Now, part of that was like trauma too, because, you know, she ain't got no gift. And that's, that's a little embarrassing to admit when everybody else has one. But she's pushing everybody else forward in this in this song and the kids in the song are like trying to ask her like they keep pushing her like okay what about your gift though like what do you have to give and eventually it comes out cousin Dolores tells um, the kids at the gate in front of the Mariga house oh Mirabel doesn't have one <laughs> first of all how second of all um to <laughs> the response of the the response of the kid was if i was you i would be sad like whoa wait so not only does the family understand the importance of the gift but this community understands the importance of the gift and so if you don't have a gift you're not just pointless to your family but to the community ow anywho mirabel has his conversation with antonio antonio is about to get his gift this day is a lot of pressure for him but he's about to get his gift and he's obviously nervous because the last time they had a gift ceremony was mirabelle's gift ceremony and her door did not open there was no door for her there was no gift for her the last time it happened it was terrible and so antonio's thought is what if that happens to me <laughs> like what if i don't get a gift what if my door doesn't open what if nothing happens and Mirabel does this thing and she's showing off her gift I'm not gonna say it yet I'm gonna say it give me a few minutes <laughs> but she shows off her gift as she's talking to Antonio and she is giving him so much comfort she's just like allowing him in that moment to be open and to be vulnerable and my first thought is how many people, especially us in leadership teams, leadership positions, have spaces where others can, or ourselves can be vulnerable to others. Mirabel has that ability, that grace on her life, to be a vulnerable space for other people. And it shows immediately with Antonio. So... It moves on and we get to Antonio's gift ceremony. And oh my goodness, looking at this ceremony, the gifts in this body, in this body, <laughs> the gifts in this movie, but also in the body is glorified. Glorified. I mean, literally the whole town comes out they have a celebration they're all in the mariga house and there's they make a red carpet <laughs> for antonio to walk down and go up this big staircase and then he has to make a promise to serve the community and to strengthen it with the uh, with the um gift that he's gonna get before he touches the doorknob in front of the entire town like Talk about pressure. There, the, the pressure that was needed, that was put on him to have a gift and to make sure that he got one. Like, I mean, the kid literally couldn't have been like no older than like 10. He's a child. And so then my comparison would be, because I've seen this done in, in churches galore, where we glorify gifts we make titles a big deal we make positions a big deal and we make these fancy 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 ceremonies out of people getting gifts and their titles and their positions and we make it such a big deal and that puts an immense amount of pressure on you the leader or the person in leadership 
in for what? Why why was all this pressure put on him? Well, the pressure was put on him like it's been put on everybody else through the words of Abuela. To strengthen your community and to make your family proud. The immense amount of pressure that I see put on gifts in the body is not necessarily to glorify God. And I'm not even mad if your gift is to serve the community because you should be. That's literally the example Jesus left us. But a lot of the times the gifts I've seen being used in the body, the titles and the positions I've seen being used in the body have been less about helping others and bringing glory to God and more about ourselves. More about making ourselves proud. More about making ourselves important. We understand the weight that a gift comes with. And as soon as we recognize that gift, that that is the thing that trumps us as people. It's like... (laughs) It's like the gift comes first and then we as a person come second. And that's what you get from the gist of this gift ceremony. Yeah, Antonio is a person and we love him. But when Antonio's gift was discovered, which is he can talk to animals, his gift became more important than him. And how many, like we do that so much in the body of Christ where our gifts are more important than us as people. And then you get a bunch of Luisas and Isabellas and Brunos where people are suffering on the inside because their gift has been put above them as a person. Anywho. <laughs> um, yeah. I just... Yeah. Anywho, when Antonio's gift is discovered, the Mariga family decides to take a picture and Mirabel is left out of this picture. First of all, that was the first time I cried in this movie. It's fine. But she was left out of the picture almost as if if almost as if her not having a gift made her not a part of the family. Which we kind of see happen in the body of Christ, whether you want to admit it or not. We see certain people who have gifts be kind of pushed to the side. I'm talking about, if we talk about the five-fold ministry, the apostles and prophets are having their time right now. And, you know, even the evangelists and the pastors are having their times right now i mean everyone's getting shine except the teacher i don't know if anybody else feels like that but i've seen a lot of people go around calling themselves pastor evangelist prophet apostle such and such such and such and very few people call themselves teachers are teachers getting a whole lot of shine which is unfortunate because we really need teachers in the body of christ we've seen a lot of people who if you look at the gifts in accordance to romans or first corinthians or we've seen people who can prophesy who can heal and they're getting their shine right now they're people who can do deliverance and all that stuff they're they're having their moment their time in the spotlight but those who show the gift of mercy they kind of push to the back they don't matter they don't get their shine it's like they're excluded all right so anywho let's skip forward a few minutes into the movie and we get to Luisa's song. This is the song I've heard. This song, we don't talk about Bruno. Those two songs are the songs I've heard all over Instagram. And I can't be mad because both of them are bops. But anywho, this song about Luisa, first of all, broke my heart because <laughs> she shouldn't have to feel like that. But all I can think about is the amount of leaders I know personally who feel like Louisa. So the song Louisa sings. Well, let's let's get some background behind Louisa real quick. Louisa's gift is strength. She is super strong. I mean, right before her song starts, she you can see her lifting a church. Like a, a, a whole steeple church, just lifting it and putting it back down. She gets asked to redirect the river, the river river 
Yeah, there we go. She gets asked to put someone's donkeys back in a pen. And she's carrying these things on her on her shoulders. There's like seven of them. She's just piling them up on her shoulders. And her response every time someone is like, Louisa, I need you to do this. Or Louisa, I need you to do that. Is, got it. Okay, no problem. <laughs> mm, mm, don't like it. Um, that is her immediate response. But the song that she's singing... First of all, I love the way she started it off. And the verse that really caught my attention is um, Diamonds and Platinum. I find them, I flatten them. She goes on to say a few other things. But then she says, go, then she says, under the surface, I feel berserkist. Which was like, wait, because you're, you're supposed to be the super strong character who, I mean, nothing gets to her you're just you're gonna do whatever it is that you need to do you're gonna get it done but under the surface you are cracking sis you are not okay she goes on to sing about the immense amount of pressure that she's under what broke my heart is some of these lyrics from the songs like she under the surface i feel like i'd be worthless without my purpose that purpose being her gift you like listening to her sing this song if you haven't heard it and you like want to hear the song to get a better understanding of the lyrics the um soundtrack is out it's been out for a while um i would definitely give it a listen but i i, I needed to talk about louisa in particular listening to her song and talking about her gifts because i can tell you i mean i know a few people just off the top of my head who are in church leadership um are in positions in church who are leaders themselves who are louisa's in disguise you come off very strong nothing hurts you you're not vulnerable you don't need to be vulnerable because nothing affects you everything that you touch you'll pick it up and you'll put it back down and everything will be fine and it will be okay because you're strong enough to handle it all you don't feel pressure there's no cracks what are you talking about a crack everything's fine but on the inside you are miserable you are tired you are crying you are upset on the inside you are weak and you need to admit that i heard I've heard several leaders, and every time I hear it, it makes me cringe, but I've heard several leaders who kind of go on this, this trip of, well, when bad things happens to me, I don't go call other people. I don't ask for other people's prayers. I deal with it myself. And like, that's great, except it's not. What it shows me is not that you're strong. It actually shows me that you're weak because you have no idea how to be vulnerable with others. It shows me that you've ignored the many times in scripture when the Bible tells us to go find counsel, to lay our burdens on other people, to give them to Jesus. It doesn't tell me that you're strong. It tells me that you're weak because you're, you would rather handle all of those things by yourself. We are called to help one another in the body of christ yet at the same time we have so many people in leadership but also outside of leadership this is this this can apply to anyone anyone can catch these these words i'm saying at this moment you can call yourself strong all you want you could be the strong friend the strong mom the strong prophet apostle you could be the strong pastor the strong youth minister the strong praise and worship team leader i don't care you could be the strong whatever you want to be but on the inside you're weak and you need to admit it and there's nothing wrong with you being weak there's nothing wrong with you needing to have the shoulder of someone else. There's nothing wrong with you needing to cry it out, to get it out, to admit that you can't carry everything. I, I don't want to hear another person say, I don't need anyone's help when I'm going through something, especially. And I have to say it like this because I, I hear it most predominantly 
and church leadership it, it sounds kind of prideful and so this is why i'm kind of getting on it at the moment because everywhere else I, f- I know strong people who are outside of the church who are the strong friends who are the strong mothers who are the strong brothers and sisters they're the strong people in their family but they they do have those moments where they're weak and they admit that and so in that respect cool i can you know what you can call yourself strong all you want as long as you can understand that eventually you're gonna need some help um but I really have to hit home with this whole thing and seeing it in church leadership because it's it's too common. And we wonder why people in church leadership get burnout, get depression, get de- anxiety. Why we hear about people in church leadership committing suicide. Why, we wonder why that's a thing. Yet we hear, I mean, listen, listen to yourself say that. That's not okay. It's not okay for you to be strong all the time, to carry your burdens and everybody else's burdens. Because if you're in leadership, you know what I'm talking about. You deal with your own stuff, but at the same time, you are also dealing with the stuff of your congregants. That's not okay for you to carry all that by yourself. You need to take the moment to admit that you are not as strong as you think you are, and you need to go seek counsel. You need to go sit in a therapist's office. You need to go speak to a friend. You need to go grab a coffee. You need to go relax. You need to go do something other than trying to be strong. It's not, it's not something that should be admired. The truth is, if you only know how to be strong and you don't know how to show when you're weak, you're being strong in your own might. I'm pretty sure there's an entire verse, several verses, spoken by Paul, written by Paul in the Apolline epistles, where he vividly tells us that when we're weak, God is strong. this louise if if you are if you're listening to me and maybe i struck a chord (laughs) and you find yourself identifying with louise saying you're strong on the outside over the inside you're suffering i need you to admit that you're weak i need you to admit that you cannot handle it all and that you probably need to take a break or if you're the person that's like, I don't want to take a break. Well, you probably, you at least need to go see counsel. You need, you need a therapist. You need a friend you can talk to. Anywho, Louise says, I'm, I'm done um, hitting on you guys because uh, I, I feel like some of you guys are going to be like, okay, Alexis, thank you so much for calling us out. You're welcome. It's all with love. Anywho, um, moving on, <laughs> we get to see Mirabelle's gift in action again. So Mirabel listens to Luisa sing this, sing this song and she just gives her a hug. And she's like, I think you're carrying too much. That's what you Luisa's need. I'm sorry. I know I said I was getting off of you guys. You, you're carrying too much. This is too much. You need a hug and you need someone to understand. And Mirabel does that for her. Anywho. We get to talk about Bruno next. So, after we hear this song about Bruno and the um, engagement party for Isabella goes horrendously wrong. <laughs> I mean it. It is really, it is really bad. Um, we actually get to meet Bruno, and oh my gosh, I cried for the second time as we met Bruno. It was really, it was really bad. Um, so Bruno's gift is that he can tell the future. And out of all the people in this movie, including Mirabel, he is the most understood. Mis- misunderstood, my apologies. He is the most misunderstood character. And what's so sad is that his gift, which is just a gift, was something that people associated with bad things. Oh, Bruno said my fish was going to die die the next day. Bruno said it looked like it was going to rain on my wedding and then it rained. Everything bad happens with Bruno. I feel so bad for him. But anywho, Bruno is what we could possibly, and I would, no, not even possibly, would consider the outcast of the family. But we get to see where Bruno has been living. Um, each character in the movie has a tower or a room except Mirabelle, that hurts, she should have one, but everyone has a tower or a room in the house 
and Bruno has one, but Bruno has abandoned that room. Um, in fact, Mirabel goes and searches in it right before the engagement party. Um, but he's abandoned that room and he's been living in the walls. Which... Man, to be so misunderstood that you would rather live in the walls and eat with rats is heartbreaking. Yet at the same time, there are many people in the body who have gifts, who are misunderstood. And instead of taking the time to understand them, we push them to the side. Like Bruno has felt like the entire family <laughs> has done to him. But anywho, one of the things I found interesting about this interaction Bruno has with Mirabel as they're trying to get the vision to save the magic, the family miracle, um, the candle, there we go, to save the candle and therefore the miracle is that Mirabel tells Bruno as a way to comfort him, I don't think you make bad things happen. Sometimes family weirdos just get a bad rap. Favorite line in the movie. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's my favorite line in the movie, but it's like one of my favorite lines in the movie. I love this line and can relate it to the body of Christ because some of us, we have gifts and we like don't know what to do with them. And so, or we know what to do with them and it's kind of awkward. I know a lot of people who feel like they're the outcasts when it comes to their gifts and what they do in the body of Christ. And so to hear Mirabel say, you know, it's not that you make bad things happen. It's not that you're weird. You probably have just gotten a bad rap. You probably just have a gift that's been misunderstood. You probably have a way of evangelizing and getting the gospel out that's probably just been misunderstood. You have a way of expressing your love and adoration to the Lord in a way that has just been misunderstood. So, Mirabel and Bruno get the vision as to how they're going to save the miracle. And Mirabel, <laughs> Mirabel in classic younger sibling form, is like, I have to go hug my sister. I have to go hug the perfect princess Isabella. I don't want to hug her. And she's telling Bruno all of the reasons why this is not going to work. It's not going to work because of this. And I ruined her engagement party. And she just thinks she's perfect. And I mean, it's not my fault that she's this, that, and third. Like, she's just going and giving all of the excuses as to why she should not do what it is that she knows that she has to do in order to save the family and the miracle. And Bruno just politely interrupts her and is like, it's not her job to do this this is your job you don't have to get her to hug you you have to hug her and in many times in our lives so this goes beyond just like church leadership a lot of the times oh this would be a great 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 yeah let's do that a great tangent to talk about forgiveness on yeah because if we're really real like there's people who god has put on our hearts who we're supposed to talk to or at least you know be able to hug things out and resolve things with and we're like this person isn't going to talk to me this isn't going to work and yada yada, yada. like we kind of make every excuse in the book to say this isn't going to work and I feel like Bruno Bruno in this time would like take the position of God and be like, yeah, it's not it's not them who has to resolve this. I'm calling you to resolve it. I'm calling you to do it. Not the other person, but you. I think we could all take a little a little heart check from that one. A little heart check from that moment. We could just go ahead and absorb it because you know 
we'd be waiting on other people we'd be like god this isn't gonna work like this person hates me like what do i look like going to them and apologizing going like i didn't even do anything wrong like what do i look like and, and god is like yeah forgiveness isn't about them <laughs> forgiveness is isn't on them i'm calling you to forgive them i'm calling you to live at peace with all people even if they don't like you that's cool i just i love that moment um but in mentioning isabella we get to talk about isabella isabella was the character i identified the most with because isabella is perfection isabella literally not a hair out of place not a flower out of place she is literal perfection i mean does nothing wrong anytime she shows up in the movie it's hilarious because it's like everything stops for isabella <laughs> everything stops for isabella she um comes down and her her little swing with flowers and roses all over it and everybody's like isabella like it, <laughs> it is a moment anytime isabella is here in in the light but oh my gosh this song about isabella i was like yeah girl i feel that <laughs> i feel that um isabella's gift is that she can grow flowers and so she is but also attached to that gift is that she's kind of expected to be perfect all the time and so in this leading up to the song confesses that she was about to marry a man that she didn't actually love for the family like what not okay ma'am not okay but that's where I like found myself in her because I'm like man how many times have I've done have I <laughs> y'all i can't talk today how many times have i done stuff where i don't want to and i don't feel like this is the best use to my gift or i don't feel as if god is calling me to do this thing but i do it because i can't let my church down I can't let my ministry down I can't let the people in this community down and so i do it anyhow yeah definitely a heart check for me i definitely I want to say I probably cried there too. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is uh, this song is too upbeat for me to be upset about right now. But um, anyhow, she admits to that, and I was like, wow, how many times have I done stuff just to please others and to make sure other people other people are okay and satisfied? But on the inside, this is not something I don't really I like. I don't want to do this, and I'm not feeling this. This is not something I think would be useful for me to do but i do it so i don't let anyone down so she in singing this song oh yes okay so in singing this song she makes something that's not a rose she makes a cactus it, it, isabella's um making of flowers is always pretty pinks and yellows and purples it's always pretty it's always perfect but she makes a cactus she's never made a cactus before and so the song starts off by her saying i've made something unexpected something sharp and something new and she goes and sings and as she's singing she's making so many things they're gorgeous but they're so, they're so out of her element out of the element of perfection and so if you're an isabella and you're listening to me talk about her and you're like yeah i've done stuff just to make people happy but i've never truly done what i've wanted to do i've never truly allowed myself the space to just do what it is god's telling me to do because i've made space for everybody else to tell me what to do if if you're an isabella like i'm an isabella hey second first of all second of all um something i feel like isabella needed to hear that i also needed to hear that i think you probably also needed to hear is that you and the words of my mother need to be uniquely yourself isabella found so much happiness when she was just making whatever she wanted to make in the moment like whatever it was she just made it she covered her whole beautiful lilac lavender purple dress in bright neon colors and her hair changed colors it was it was imperfect in all kinds of ways but it was her and she was so happy about it i mean you like 
I think this is the first time in the movie where you get to actually see Isabella and Mirabel act like siblings and like hug each other because she's so over the moon that she can just be herself like the pressure is off for her to be perfect to cater to everybody else's needs she just gets to be Isabella and so if you're in church leadership or you just can identify with with Isabella but I know okay let me stay on topic this this is about church leadership um in church leadership a lot of the times you either fall into the two where you feel like you're sh- you have to be super strong and you just have to handle it all or you fall into the isabella category where you just do it to make sure people are happy to make sure people are taken care of and you neglect yourself you put yourself last and your cares and your wants last and i, I have to tell you with loving kindness don't do that anymore yeah consider people yeah look out for people um do what you can to help people but don't do it on the the neglect of yourself what set isabella free was her being uniquely herself what set luisa free was her just admitting that she's weak sometimes she can't handle it all And what's going to set Isabella and you and me free is that we don't have to be perfect all the time. We don't have to um, fold and bend to the will of other people all the time, but that we should, one, first most, be following God's heart and whatever he tells us to do. But also, whatever it is that he's laid in your heart to do, just go do it. Be about it. Don't worry about other people. If you're in if you're in church leadership and you're just kind of doing a role um, let's say you don't have a passion for youth ministry but you knew that youth ministry needed to be covered and so you just did it but you're unhappy you don't feel like you're growing stop it <laughs> stop it stop stop not okay you need to go and do what it is that God is calling you to do you don't have to be perfect it's not gonna be perfect if if we did anything perfectly we would be jesus and i i i i mm -mm, i can't call myself no 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 (laughs) can't even won't even um but it's not gonna be perfect nothing we do is gonna be perfect but you don't that too you also don't have to give out the um expression that you're perfect all the time one of the traps I like fell into when it came to ministry was thinking this has to be this way all the time. It has to be clean. It has to be cut. And we have to be concerned about what other people are going to think about it. And, da, 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 da. and that's like too much stress on one person. That's too much of a, bear, a burden to agree. It's going to be imperfect sometimes and that's okay. You're going to be imperfect all the time and that's okay. And guess what? If it lets people down, good. If it lets people down, then good. Let's put something in perspective. What Isabella does, what I've been guilty of doing, and what some of you have been guilty of doing, has been making people an idol. We put other people's opinions before it is that God tells us to do. And that's how we find ourselves in trouble. We find ourselves having to maintain this air of perfection that we're not happy with. And so if it lets some people down that you're no longer bending to their will, but that you're being uniquely yourself and you're doing what it is that God tells you to do, whether people are happy about it or not, then good. Down is where they're supposed to be. God's supposed to be up. His word's supposed to be up. His opinion of you is supposed to be up. His his desire for you, the, the plan he's put in your life for you to pursue, the passions, the goals, the careers, the drive, the, the ambition that he's put in your heart to do, to go out and to settle and to take care of, the things that he's placed on your heart for you to put your hands on. Those need to go first. Not people's opinions. And that's easier said than done. 
There's grace to Louisa just like there's grace to you. The Louisas who are listening, if you're still listening, if my words were not too strong. Being strong isn't always a good thing. And yeah, you do need to admit that you're weak. And that it's okay for you to be weak, but I understand it's going to take you time. And to my Isabellas, I understand that people-pleasing is going to take time to get over. Because it's not like we're holding people who are not important to a high standard, to a point that we're willing to compromise and to do things that we don't feel the desire to do. But it's that we hold people we care about so dearly to this high standard. We hold other people in leadership, our churches, our friends, our families, our closest community to, and their opinions and their words and their thoughts of us to such a high standard that we would rather be perfect for them and unhappy with ourselves. And it's going to take you time to slowly detach yourselves from the opinions of others. But I encourage you like I encourage Louisa's to go ahead and start if you're Louisa go ahead and start admitting now that you can't handle it all and if you're Isabella go ahead and admit it now that your desire to be perfect for others is not settled in your heart because it's not settled in the heart of God which by the way Mirabelle's gift let's go ahead and address this now Mirabelle's gift If we had to align it to any gift close to the Bible, it would most likely be the gift of mercy. Mirabel has a unique way of holding space for people so that they can be vulnerable. She addresses their emotional health, their physical health, their spiritual health, their psychological health. Mirabel has a way of taking compassion out on others and allows them to be vulnerable and she's kind about it she doesn't rub it in your face every time someone has shown themselves to be vulnerable around Mirabel Mirabel has opened her arms and embraced them Antonio in his moment right as he's getting his gift looks at Mirabel and is like I can't walk down this road alone I need you to walk with me and so she puts herself aside knowing that other people are going to disagree or not like the fact that she's walking with him to go get this gift and she walks him down this little red carpet to get his gift when Luisa gets done singing about the immense amount of pressure that she's under Luisa is sitting there just questioning like okay what did I just do Mirabel goes and hugs her and says you're think you're carrying too much when Isabella goes and tells Isa, uh, Mirabel about how much she's just been perfect. That she's been perfect, but she's not happy. That she's been sacrificing her happiness for the family. They finally embrace and Isabella gets to be herself. Every time someone has been vulnerable in this movie, it is because Mirabel has opened up that space for them. She's shown a great amount of compassion for them. Despite, I mean, Isabella and Mirabel literally have that classic younger older sibling relationship where um, Mirabel as the younger sister just thinks that Isabella has been perfect her entire life, yet had no idea that she was suffering. her gifts uh, this is just me in my opinion uh, i understand for some people this is just, she the whole point of the movie is that Mirabel doesn't have a gift yet she's just as useful to the family i think she has a gift and her gift would be mercy that's just me um anywho back to what i was saying before i went on that tangent they get on the, the house falls there we go <laughs> the house falls the candle goes out now the candle is the source of the gifts for each and every family member except Mirabel because Mirabel doesn't have a gift but she does have a gift but her gift is not necessarily related to this candle um 
at least in my opinion this is not like official movie facts this is just me and my theory is that Mita Bell has a gift and it's mercy that's just me um the candle goes out and Mita Bell runs away and she runs away and her abuela finds her and this this part I cried for the third time here I'm sorry I cried so much I, I, I cried at least four times in this movie <laughs> but I cried for the third and fourth time here yeah there we go um, as they're having this conversation about where the miracle came from how it all happened and this is where you get to see all of the trauma that this family has carried so to, to like make the story story the story sweet and to the point Abuela was married before they came to Encanto she was married to the love of her life and they had to after having their kids they have Peppa, Bruno and Julieta after having their kids I mean they're, they're babies they're like swaddled up in her arms her and her husband I, oh, I can't remember his name at the moment but Abuela and her husband they have to run away they have to leave their home they have to leave everything because there are people in town burning them trying to kill them trying to kidnap them I mean literally it's an invasion happening so they leave home and they're crossing this river and the invaders find them and her husband sacrifices his life to protect the family now of course we can um we can you know sacrifice jesus there was a gift that came after the sacrifice in the movie which was the candle and the miracle um there was a gift that came with the sacrifice of jesus right um we can do that that's that's just that but hearing how they got this gift and all of that and watching her abuela tell this story and like reconnect the purpose behind why she got this miracle was beautiful it was so beautiful to watch and i feel as if sometimes we need to be reminded especially those of us with gifts those of us who are in leadership need to be reminded about the reason why we have these gifts we need to be reminded that it's not about what this gift can offer to others or how we can make others proud with this gift, but that it was given out of sacrifice. This gift was given not so that the gift can be more important than you, so but the but so that you as the gift with the gifts can be of help to others can be of support to others and so that you can show the glory of god in this moment that's where she realizes it like she realizes like this i've put these gifts and everything this family can do above the actual people in this family and so the abuela has her moment with me bell and it is gorgeous and I think a moment we all need to have in leadership, especially those of us with gifts and titles, we need to remember just what it, why do we have this? What is the point? We should probably, you'd be surprised how many people, um, just gonna have a gift or have a title and don't understand the reasoning behind why they have it. And I would encourage you to go study that. Go study Ephesians chapter four. Go study first Corinthians. I think it's chapter 14 where they're talking about gifts. Go study in the book of Romans where the gifts are listed go study the reasoning behind all of these gifts behind why you have it behind why it's important and get a good perspective about it so all of that happens and they all come to the resolved the resolve of okay this is what we had is gone right this family is broken it's imperfect but at the same time our imperfections is what makes it unique it's what makes it special and so 
Ah, okay, sorry. I, I skipped over one point. I want to go back real quick. To Abuela having this moment as she's retelling this story, which is very traumatic, but she's telling this story. And I want to go back because I forgot I wrote this. Um, but her cries... I mean, if you watch it in the in the movie when we talked about earlier in the first part of the podcast about how she's telling this gift, um, the gift story, the miracle story, and she's talking to Mira Bell about it, but it's kind of like she's just telling it not to relive the pain, but this that miracle. She's telling it not to relive the pain, but so that Mira Bell is able to Mira Bell. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um. I want to go back to this point because if you look at the beginning, like when we were talking about it in the beginning of the podcast, um, Abuela is telling this story just so that Mirabel can get a good understanding of the story. She's not really telling it to relive it. Like she's kind of numb in a way. She's numbed herself so that she doesn't have to feel the extent of that pain. But in this moment, she's having to relive it. And watching her relive this like watching how it all played out and seeing the agony i mean she literally watched her husband die right in front of her as as a sacrifice for everybody else that was with them including her and her kids and watching this all i could think of in a very weird way is it was that it was kind of like god heard her cries god was there watching all that happened and decided that he would make provision for her no this movie is not like a christian movie i understand it is probably very far from it but that's all i could think about was imagine in that moment you had everything stripped from you from your home your security your what the place you grew up in to your to your loved one your spouse and I have to raise three kids by yourself. And you watch them die like that. It was like God said, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. I thought it was beautiful. And I understand that that's not the way the movie probably meant it. But that's what I thought about it. But anywho, back to what it was at. Um, they have this whole moment. It is beautiful. And they get to the resolve to the end of the movie. Um all the families back together after Mirabel ran away and they get to this understanding that what we have was gone what we had was is gone there we go what we had is gone and what we have now is imperfect but it's us and it's unique and it's beautiful and the abuela really has a moment here where she says, you know, the gift is you. And I feel like that's the last point I want to end with. The gifts in the body, the gift to the body is you. It's not what you can offer. It's not the gift, the gift you've been given. Although those are important. They end up getting their their miracles. I'm sorry. They end up getting the miracle back and their gifts back, so everybody can use them at the end of the movie. But it, it took that house falling, the fall, the house falling, the miracle candle going out, for them to realize that all this time they had prioritized their gifts over the actual person. And so, if I if I say nothing else, I, I do want to say that yeah, your gifts important. But it's not more than not at all more important than you. Please understand, like God's not sitting in heaven, like, oh, there goes my daughter, not using her gift. She's not important to me. Like, <laughs> gift or no gift, you are the apple of his eye, right? You are literally everything to him. And so please don't put your gift before yourself. Don't let others put your gift before yourself. You are so important to God. You being a relationship is so important to God. 
It's more important than any gift you could ever have. Okay. This was very, very long. Um, I basically came on here to say that the gift made me cry and think about our relationships with leaderships and gifts and all that stuff in the body. And yeah, you guys, that was, that was a ride. And if you stayed and listened to it, thank you so much. If you want to hear more from your host, Alexis, you can find me on Instagram at with.love underscore Alexis. I am obviously tongue tied um, and slightly emotional. I literally, I watched the movie this morning just to make sure I had a good understanding of everything that was going on and cried again. So composure, none, (laughs) but it's a beautiful story. And I hope that some of that, um encourages you just to admit your weaknesses admit your imperfections admit that at times yeah you or others have held your gifts to a higher standard than they should be let's do that true inner work of examining ourselves and putting everything in perspective and possibly watching this movie to do so so yeah guys that's it be on the lookout for the announcement regarding next week's episode with our guest until then love god serve people Um, make sure you have tissues when you watch this movie okay bye